Good morning. This is the Mind War podcast. Welcome to everybody. It's great to have a few guests with us today. And today, Jean Roux and I, who are the host of the Mind War podcast, will be speaking with SAP about all things mining. Specifically, our guests are Eckhard Zies and Samir Damag. And before we jump in, I'm going to ask Eckhart and Samir to briefly just introduce themselves to you, our listeners, and then we've got a really exciting program ahead. So why don't we start with you, Eckhart? Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and your role in SAP, and, and then uh, Samir, you can jump in straight off it, Eckhart. MP, sure. Thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. It's really a pleasure to be with you today and obviously also to work with you. Yes, you already indicated, my name is Eckhart Sees. I'm heading the industry business unit mill products and mining at SAP's headquarters. With the IBU, uh, as we call it, you know, we take multiple responsibilities. So SAP is driving on one hand concept of developing solutions for industries and of course also taking those solutions to the market, to our customers and partners. So we take here a global responsibility, working on one hand with the development organization of SAP, but on the other hand, with our partners like you, but of course also then with the customers in the industry, for example, the mining industry. So that's a little bit what I'm doing. I'm uh, 29 years in the meantime with SAP, pretty long time, but it was always interesting and still now having a lot of fun. Thank you, Eka. That sounds great. Certainly you've been with SAP long enough to know what's going on. Yes. <laughs> Samir, over to you. Yeah, thank you, MP. Thank you, Jean, for having us. Yeah, as you said, Samir Damak. I work in Eckhart's team in the industry business unit. I'm charged there for the mining industry for nearly 10 years now. Before that, I worked about 15 years as an SAP consultant, mainly in mill products and mining, so everything which covers the paper industry, uh, metal industry, textile, all this. And well, since beginning of this year, I live in sunny Queensland in Brisbane. I got relocated because as you could imagine many of our mining customers sit here in Australia, definitely much more than uh, what left in Germany. So this is basically why, why I'm here and working very closely with our development team and also with the people here on the ground and looking forward to the next two to three years. Thank you, Samir and Eckhart. And certainly the relationship between MinerP and SAP goes back quite a while. We'll talk about that later on. The interesting thing when we think about SAP, most people will immediately think of an ERP system when they talk about SAP. And yet the company has gone through transformations itself and has reinvented itself a few times. Eckhart, for those of our listeners who may not know exactly you know, where SAP is moving into the future and how it sees itself, why don't you just give us a thumbnail sketch of SAP as well? Yeah, MP, certainly I can. I mean, you know, for this, we also need to have a look a little bit into the past. You know, In the meantime, SAP is 48 years old, so quite a history with a foundation in 1972. At that time, SAP was rather, I would call it a single product company. Now we had a R2 solution on running on mainframe. Then actually there was a, a big, big uh, jump ahead with the R3 solution when uh, we went to the client server architecture. The solution offering evolved into the ECC and nowadays we are talking about S4. This is pretty much our solution backbone. This is the ERP solution. However, today we are certainly not anymore 
a single product company, as I just mm -hmm. described, because we have added a part of the strong ERP capabilities, a lot of other solutions. So the LOB solutions, the line of business solutions. I use the old terms, whether it's CRM, whether it's supply chain management, whether it's asset management, supplier relationship management, all this got added. So ERP plus LOB solutions, but of course we are also investing or invested a long time ago in other capabilities, platform capabilities. So today, with the SAP Cloud Platform, we have a platform where all those solutions are running on. We are utilizing the platform for integration to other SAP solutions and non-SAP solutions. And obviously with SAP Cloud Platform, we have also the innovation platform available. Now, if you add all the acquisitions, what we have done, you know, especially in the cloud with SAP Ariba, SAP Field Glass, Success Factors, Conquer, and probably I'm forgetting the one or the other, this is a clear indication that today SAP is playing on multiple fields and multiple levels with different technologies, solutions, what we are providing for our customers. Yeah. And, and now if I can add to this one, in the old times, we only deployed those solutions on premise. We still have any premise capabilities, but the big move, and I think this is a major differentiator here since years, is into the cloud. So the direction is certainly going to be an even stronger cloud provider as we are probably today. Yeah, thank you. And just by the way, I just want to remind our listeners, if you hear maybe a little bit of a breakdown in the voice here and there, or maybe a bit of a strange background sound, we are, of course, in the global lockdown due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So please bear with us with that. I'm sure you're all in the same boat, unfortunately. <coughs> Hopefully, by the time most of our listeners listen to this, it's a thing of the past and we can look at how we conquered that also. Eka, thanks for that perspective. And, and of course, we hear SAP talk about the concept of, of an intelligent enterprise. Uh, quite often, MinaP talks about an, an integrated digital mining enterprise. This enterprise thinking and turning the, the enterprise from a monolithic beast into an integrated organism, how does... SAP think about this because it's it's something that you talk about quite a lot. Yes, this is the strategy we are going into the future, betting on the intelligent enterprise. Now, we have to explain what we mean by intelligent enterprise. I just spoke about applications and solutions like ERP, like supply chain management, asset management, customer relationship management, etc. Those are all solutions and applications which are pretty much focusing on the operations of a mine, but of course also you now this concept not only applies for the mining industry, this applies to all the 25 industries SAP is serving. So with this kind of applications, we are really covering and providing solutions in the area for the customers, HR, finance, manufacturing, supply chain management, procurement, what we call the operational data. That's what we are managing with this one. On the other hand, there is more data which is important and will help our customers to run their operations more efficient and more effective. And here I'm talking about what we call the X data, the experience data mm. which are out there. This could be you know, coming from information, from assets, from employees, from customers, from the market. Now, combining operational data with experience data is a core concept of having an intelligent enterprise. You still yeah. need 
intelligent technologies now provided on the SAP cloud platform, intelligent technologies in the area of analytics, in the area of database and data management, integration, etc. So the combination of operational data, experienced data, enriching them with uh, this intelligent technology or overall with intelligence, this makes the, let me call it the framework for the intelligent enterprise. All right, thank you. So I'm going to get to Jean in a minute. Jean, just to give our perspective from a minor P side also a little bit on, on this integrated enterprise. We'll actually discuss that maybe as a topic later on. But Samir, if I can ask you to, to jump in here. Eckhart has done a good job to explain now the kind of bigger picture of SAP as a platform and as a company and, and so on. And of course, you, as you said, work very much inside of the mining IBU. From your perspective, SAP, of course, has a view of what the future of mining would be like and how it would be different from what it is today. Can you elaborate a little bit on uh, on that and how you see this platform move that you've made inside of the company support the future of mining as you see it? Yeah, sure. So essentially what Eckhart was already explaining at the beginning, I mean, we do have the digital core, which traditionally used to be our ERP system. We did a lot of acquisitions in that space, but this digital core is mainly supposed to covering from a mining perspective, three areas. The first one would be mining operations in general. The second one is uh, intelligent commodity supply chain management. And the third one is everything which is related with health and safety, right? So these are the three components which are for us more or less very industry specific. On top of them, we do have our, what we call, you know, the more industry agnostic uh, pieces are HR, for instance, and finance, which are very similar to, let's, let's put it like that, other industry. So this is basically our core. What we have done now is we have extended this core with a couple of additional functionality in the space, you know, uh, supply chain, total workforce management, uh, health and safety procurement. And these are mainly additional cloud applications, but they are fully integrated into our digital core. Now, what we also see is that, you know, we do have key enablers, which are basically Mm -hmm. required to turn this, I would say, digital company really into an intelligent company. So some of these key enablers, for instance, is our artificial intelligence, machine learning, Internet of Things, mm. for instance, mm. which are now embedded into our standard product portfolio. Advanced analytics, for instance, right? Blockchain, which also is part of, of our offering there. Virtual reality or augmented reality. So yeah, all yeah. these key yeah. enablers now are part of our S4HANA suite or our digital core, which are part of our deployment. Okay, thank and you. And tailored basically to the mining industry. Yeah, yeah. John, I recall many discussions with uh, Gail Gradle, who of course used to be part of Eckhart's team as well, together with Samir and others, and how often Georg has talked with us about running your mine like a factory. And of course, from a minor P side, we believe that there's a big requirement for this factory to be informed both by what goes on in the technical side as well as in the ERP side. I'm going to ask you to maybe just give us a quick recap of this concept of running the mine like a factory. And Eckhart and or Samir, then you can maybe give us a little bit of insight on how mining can learn from 
manufacturing in the other areas where SAP is, of course, very well established as well. Mm. John? Now, AP, mining is a factory. Now, we will have people throwing us with the rocks afterwards. And we often, when we say that, people very quickly will say, remember, mining is not a cheese factory. It's difficult. Things change, etc." So what's the analogy? The analogy is this raw material that's unbroken rock. And um, the raw material gets raw huh, the less you know about it. And it gets less raw the more you know about it. And when we break it, what do we do? We take the factory to the rocks, not the other way around. And what do we do then? We then improve the rawness of the material into less raw material until we can transport it out. So the analogy sticks and it holds. From a financial management perspective, CapEx, OpEx, work in progress, all those things holds as well. So, uh, and that, of course, means that, that we can apply factory floor control yes. principles in mining as well, right? Yeah, and who better to ask than SAP, but SAP has built in deep inside its bowels something called MRP, Materials Requirements Planning, what's version one, and thereafter Manufacturing Requirements Planning. That was all finalized, done and set in 1996 already. And by then it was already running for a good 20 years. There are other versions thereof, but deep inside it, you'll find a place called Rough Cut Capacity Planning, you'll find planning, etc., embedded. That you all you'll find inside SAP. So why can't mining not do that? And the simple answer to that is that the spatial information is really non-transformable to raw materials. The data models, the data types, the understanding of the data, etc., just doesn't match. So if you go do a Google search of MRP in mining, you'll end up on a paper that was written in Brazil in as far back as 2013 by three professors and a mine. And they mm -hmm. conclude to say, MRP can't work in mining. Now, MineRP have patents that says you can, because if you can translate space or spatial information into transactional information, you can use those MRP things. So when SAP talks about run your mine like a factory, we are saying we'll provide you the raw materials in transactions that you can act with that just the way as a factory does. Right. And those raw materials would be the unbroken rock initially and then the broken rock as it goes into the process. And of course, each mining action that is applied to the rock, which can be translated into the ERP transactions, which describe that action from an ERP perspective. Is that right? Yeah, and MP, all the other analogies holds. So getting all the logistics there and the material there to be able to break the rock mm -hmm. and the machine management and the management of the hours and the efficiency management. Actually, all those things have been for many, many years already been built into SAP. And who better to ask about manufacturing than to ask SAP? So, Eka, uh, that's a good segue to hand over to you back again. Very often when I listen to panel discussions, mining executives are being interviewed, etc., they say we need to learn from other industries. Exactly. Uh, does SAP really believe that we can learn from other industries? And what's the most transferable lessons you think in your experience? It's absolutely true. I mean, we hear this from customers in the mining industry where they say, okay, you know, we don't want to look to what our peers are doing. We don't want to have another reference uh, within our industry. Let's have a look beyond our industry border. You know, what uh, is happening, for example, in the automotive industry, in the, in the metal industry, what is happening? You know, it goes even that far, what is happening in the chemical industry, oil and gas, or you name it. 
miners have an understanding that there are some other industries out there who have invested in let me call it again, intelligent technologies, and have invested in automation, for example, much longer than uh, what we have seen in the mining industry. And I think that's where now this term, run your mine as a factory, is coming from, because it is related what we see, we call it the four priorities for success for uh, mining companies, make the business more predictable and productive through automation. This is, and, and I think, you know, run your mind like the factory falls in this kind of category. Add more automation, add more predictability, still considering all the unplanned situations appearing in a mining environment. We take this, of course, into consideration. Nevertheless, there is a learning possible from other industries to make your business in the mine more predictable, more agile, and of course, add more automation to the industry. Now, this is only one of the four strategic priorities what we identified for uh, mining operations. The collaboration with your partners, meaning your customers, but of course also suppliers, or even the collaboration among your workforce is a very important element. Have a stronger focus on the customer needs, probably also provide more information, more data, services, let me call it, to your customers. Uh, have a closer interaction with the customers. And then obviously, I mean, this is a given anyhow in the mining industry, mine in a more responsible and a more sustainable way because everybody today, the ecosystem, you know, the communities, uh, the shareholders is demanding this one. That's a given, that's an obvious. So those, yeah. those are the four priorities. What we see, strategic priorities for mining industries, and we are collaborating with our customers in the mining industry, with the partners, of course, to provide actually uh, solutions to address this. So, so you're touching on a very important point there, and that's that collaboration element. And that is, it's probably impossible for any one company to solve this problem themselves because of the deep insights and the, and the understanding that is required in each one of the business disciplines from finance to HR to engineering to et cetera, et cetera. SAP has worked long and hard to establish ecosystems for a long time, consisting of both partners and clients as well. Can you expand a little bit on how you see this ecosystem? How does it work together? And how did you work in mining to build communities that Mm. jointly create these solutions? Yeah, absolutely, MP. Thank you. SAP today, we have 103,000 and counting 103,000 employees. However, those 103,000 employees are definitely not sufficient to serve the demands and the needs of our customers in the multiple industries. We claim that we would like to cover from an end-to-end perspective, end-to-end business processes and business requirements of our customers. SAP alone cannot do that. We do depend on a strong network of partners who are adding their know-how, their capabilities, their industry insights to what we have in our portfolio. So it's the know-how what we need from partners, but of course it's also their solutions. Our partners like you are building solutions complementing the overall SAP solution offering. Only in this kind of combination, the strong SAP solution portfolio and then the solution portfolio partners enable us really to cover an end-to-end business process. Have a look to the know-how what you have in your company. You're talking to different people in a mine as probably we do from an SAP perspective. 
So you have different insights, you have different connections, and we need to combine the strengths, what you bring onto the table, what other partners, whether those are independent software vendors, whether those are SI companies, we need to bring this together on a table because only jointly we, we can serve the customer in the right way. And SAP was actually pretty successful throughout the history to collaborate with the partners to enable this one. The customer is also playing a very important role here. Mm-hmm. I, I still remember my early days in 1992 when I joined the company that I was sitting together with a developer and the customer on one table. We di- yeah. discussed what the customer needs. The developer has actually done real-time changes mm. on the system and uh, in one way or the other, you know, we could solve the problem. Obviously, with more than 440,000 customers we are serving today globally, <laughs> this kind of working would not work anymore. So this It's is the good possible. old days of having exactly. analyst programmers in your employees. Exactly. But still, this very close connectivity to the customers, understanding what are the customer needs, what are the customer requirements, translating this one, what does it mean in regards of the capabilities we need to provide them in our solution portfolio and possibly also in your solution portfolio. This close collaboration amongst customer, our partners and us, this is, I I think, key success. Jean, we get asked by customers of ours wherever we go, oh, we've got this partner, we've got that partner, we use SAP as an ERP, et cetera. How does it benefit Minarpy to think of an ecosystem of partners? Because, of course, we aren't primarily there to serve other partners. We're there to serve our clients and to serve our own business interests. MP, since this podcast is for those that wants to know how mining is going to be, and it's a bit of an inside circle, we'll share some uh, insights. Yeah. So Minarpy is a highly dynamic company. There's lots of things. In a previous podcast, I said, I hate going on leave because everything changed when I come back. So, uh, and that often means that we act like a teenager and the very, very large companies in the world needs our solutions. We know that because they tell it to us. So here's a bit of a secret. SAP, especially to me, I know others as well, act like a role model about what business models works and what doesn't work and ideas about, you know, how do you position something? What's the value of a solution? I don't know if the clients know that, but SAP is sitting with the largest business benchmarking database in the world. It used to be other people, but today it is SAP. What does that mean? It means that they understand how to explain to CFOs and CEOs, and they can have it showing by track record what is the value that you'll release if you improve the business process. Together with that, SAP have really popularized design thinking. It was really Azuplatner that popularized it. Otherwise, the rest of us would not have known about it. That is a whole new, fresh way at positioning applications to clients because Technology is not the problem anymore these days. The way that SAP moved to the cloud, the way that they explained that a platform, the industrialization of their products, the ecosystem that they put together, they put together a family of people that really have become good friends that is open to share information. SAP doesn't hold information back. They share freely and they know how to renew themselves. If you're 48 years old, you would have gone through several cycles of uh, renewal and SAP is going through one now. All those things are the types of lessons that you expect from our industry mentor. So firstly, SAP is an industry mentor to us. And as we go to market and we explain to clients how this works and what we are able to bring to the SAP investment that clients have, then clients understand that I already have SAP. If I add this piece, it's not one plus one, it's one plus one equals three because I've right. made the investments already and I can enable things which I never could do before. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So there's benefit for the client, there's benefit for SAP, and there's, of course, benefit for MinaP as we co-create this future together, I guess. Samir, you've been involved in this partnership with MinaP and other companies like us over the past decade or so. What's been some of the highlights of the relationship between MinaP and SAP? Maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. Sure, MP. So I remember, I think first time we met in person was like in 2012 or 20, uh, we, we had a CIO conference, a mining CIO conference in Johannesburg. But I I remember yeah. that basically your, your connection to the IBU goes a couple of years back. So at that time we had a, a workshop or a meeting with Peter Nell and he was presenting us the geospatial database and we were really impressed about the potential. There were still some hiccups and, and performance challenges, which I think one or two years later, we, we managed a little bit to resolve also through the move mm-hmm. on, on the HANA database. But the potential was huge because one thing which we don't have in, in SAP is, I mean, the biggest value of for mining customers, basically, uh, the biggest asset is the ore body itself. And the ore body is not reflected usually in SAP. Right, we just have some financial numbers, but not more than that. And all this information are in the geospatial database of MineRP, which amalgamating the data from multiple mine technical geomodeling systems and having it in one place. So what we managed in the first step, so we went through a couple of um, design thinking workshops and figured out what we would like to have integrated into SAP. In that time, it was still uh, SAP ECC. Now, obviously, we moved on on S4. But firstly, we managed to integrate the ore body information into material management piece. And so we had a reflection of the block model in inventory management with all the characteristics of the ore body, which helped us whenever we received any new information from uh, geomodeling systems to do a revaluation of the value of the ore body, which was very, very beneficial, obviously, for finance and controlling. The next step then has been to use integrated business planning also to run different simulations of the mine plan, right, to see what are the financial impacts if we change the mine plan. Uh, can this be, uh, you know, what are the logistics impact? Where are the bottlenecks? Which are the bottleneck resources? All this. And then obviously we moved into production planning, production execution, creating process orders with all the, you know, bill of materials, which are required tasks, operations, pretty much what we have discussed in the beginning when we were talking about run your mind like a factory. So it is really possible, right? So we had the different production steps. What we see also in the manufacturing industry can also be applied to the mining industry. And basically, this is where we are right now. So we went through this seven years journey. And right now, we can make use of so many informations, which the geospatial database provides us from multiple sources into S4HANA. That's a long history if you listen to it like that. And I think something that we're very proud of, at least, is the fact that we've managed to to crack that nut. Jean talked about the three professors who said, no, a mine cannot be run like a factory. And, and together we've proven that, no, it, it can be done. And not only can it be done, but it is beneficial and it should be done. Mines, if we look at the future of mining, 
should not look at their mind as something that cannot be controlled at the lowest level, because in fact, it can be planned and controlled in detail. Gentlemen, we've talked a lot about our relationship and how that benefits clients, also a bit about the future of mining. I'm going to ask maybe Jean and Eckhart to just give us a short 30 seconds view of the future of mining and or rather the future of this relationship and how you see that we will benefit clients as we go into the future and then we'll we'll land our discussion for today. Uh, Eckhart, maybe you can kick it off. Yeah, no, let me repeat what I mentioned before. We need to collaborate together for the benefit of our customers. Our customers are facing so many challenges. Now, I mentioned a couple of priorities where they have to focus on. If we join forces and continue doing so, use the expertise what you have, use the solution capabilities what you have, integrate it into our offerings, go to market jointly to the customers, we serve them in the best way. This is what we can do to really help our customers to work on their journey to really run an intelligent enterprise. Thank you, Jean. MP, the intelligent enterprise has got some building blocks underneath it. Those building blocks cannot work if we can't get the data together and we can't get the processes aligned. It cannot work if we don't fix the latency of decision-making and the technical and financial planning that we put together. It cannot work if we don't schedule and optimize all the resources. And it cannot work if we apply short-interval control to all of those. MinorP can do that with SAP. And this message is a tough message to swallow. We've had for years clients saying, what? Are you really going to do that? I don't believe you. Firstly and secondly, the people that runs and uses SAP in a mine and the people that runs the mine are two different groups of people. Sometimes they hate each other. They don't want to talk to one another for lots of different reasons. And I think we're starting to bridge that gap now and yeah. we can build on that to really get traction with us to really improve mining and to improve this planet and its people as a result. Wow, those are some grand goals, but uh, I think we've demonstrated, as Samir said, that it's, it's possible. We can do it. I'm, I'm going to draw this to a close. Eckhart and Samir, thank you very much for joining us. We end the show normally by asking you just a little bit of a personal glimpse and asking you what you're reading at the moment. <laughs> Eckhart, what are you reading? Yeah, it's a little bit uh, strange what I'm currently reading because uh, it's a book, it's uh, already 10, 13 years old, The World Without Us from Ellen Weisman, an uh, American uh, folk. It's strange because it considers a world without human people, you know, human beings. It describes what is happening if tomorrow no human would be around anymore. And obviously, currently with a pandemic on COVID-19, it's a little bit a strange book because <laughs> I hope there is no likelihood that it will happen. But it's very interesting as he describes it's not prophetic. what is happening tomorrow, what is happening next week and uh, months later and in a billion years. No? So seeing this journey, what would happen to the world is quite interesting. Sounds fantastic. Samir. <laughs> well, I read from uh, Bill Bryson, a book called Down Under, obviously, since I just <laughs> moved to Australia. But it's, uh, it's, it's really entertainment travel guide for Australia. Unfortunately, also 
due to COVID-19, I haven't really had the chance to go more than 50 kilometers outside of <laughs> Brisbane because that's the radius which the government at this stage allows us to travel. <laughs> but we are very optimistic that this uh, lockdown will be released soon and then might have a chance also to to read uh, chapter two <laughs> if I'm lucky <laughs> and go there. <laughs> and add practical experience to what you read. Exactly. Yeah. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure to speak with you. And uh, we look forward to telling the world more about how we demonstrated all these interesting things that we do and showing where clients are actually benefiting from this. Thank you to you all. MP Shaw, the pleasure was on our side. Thank you very much for giving us this opportunity. And with that, that's the end of our show. We're looking forward to our next episode when we'll also be talking to some other industry experts and influencers, movers and shakers in this world of mining. See you next time.